0: Isn't it ironic that we spend a lot of the time asking our dog to control their emotions, to calm down, to stop being so excited, to stop barking, to stop crying, whatever it might be. And yet we can be pretty bad at controlling our own. That frustration, it builds, it builds, it builds. And then we react in a pretty similar way, loud, shouting, telling off to how our dog is behaving. And yet we can't seem to understand why they can't control their emotions. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist and each week on Letters from Your Dog we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here, let's get to the episode. So welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today we're going to be talking about something that is a question that I'm asked a lot and it's something that I think a lot of us experience. It's definitely something that my dogs have been through, through various phases and for various reasons which we're going to get into a little bit more today. But the question is, should I ignore my dog when they vocalise? So when they bark, when they whine, when they cry, when they make those little sounds, should I just ignore them? And a bit more kind of old school dog training says yes. So it's sort of the idea that if we ignore the behaviour, it won't get rewarded by us and then it will fade away. Now, I think possibly if you had a very, very young puppy with no prior learning history, it's possible that that could work for some dogs. But it's probably not the method that I would choose. And I would say a dog that has any kind of more learning history so is much older by even a week than an eight week old puppy you're probably in the in the kind of region where it's not going to work at all. So should I ignore my dog when they bark, whine, cry? No would be the answer I would give. End of podcast, done. (laughs) No I'm only joking. So the reason that I would say no is because we don't make sounds for the sake of it. So as people, we don't walk around making vocalizations just for the sake of it. Now, you might be thinking about that one friend that just talks and talks and talks. Okay, well, there's probably a reason behind that, too. Either they're really gregarious and they like talking to people or maybe they're a bit anxious and they talk because they're worried and they over talk. There could be all kinds of reasons for that. Um, Now, me, for example, if I'm in a bad mood, sometimes I will catch myself when I'm walking around my house or wherever I might be, actually making little noises. that sounds really weird but i'll be like oh uh, that kind of thing um and you could say well that's a noise for the sake of it well it really isn't that is an expression of an internal state an internal emotion and likewise if i'm very happy or very excited i might make some kind of exo- excited vocalization so i might be like yay or wee or whatever it might be and that's going to be different for every person it's also going to be different for every dog so There is a reason why your dog is making a vocalisation and I'm going to run through a few of those reasons now. I may not even capture them all, there's going to be others and as I said it's super super individual. So as we always say there is no one size fits all when it comes to dogs and when it comes to dog training and nothing could be truer than when it comes to vocalisations. So some of the reasons why your dog might be vocalising. The first one I always want to think about is Are they in pain or are they in discomfort? This is especially um, pertinent if your dog suddenly starts vocalising. So one of my dogs, for example, all of a sudden she started whining of an evening. And I was thinking, "Mm, that's weird. Is there some some kind of pain going on? Has she got some hip pain maybe that isn't so bad in the morning when she's been asleep all night, but maybe when she's been for a run and she's been working all day that it hurts exactly like it would be for us. So pain is the first thing and it might not be something... um, like bone pain it could be a tummy ache it could be a headache it could be the kind of thing that would make us feel a bit groggy and under the weather whereas we could say to someone else oh I've got a really bad stomach ache your dog doesn't have those words in English they have "Mm," or or bark or whatever it might be so pain is the first thing I always want to rule out Now, don't assume that just because you have a young dog or a healthy dog in every other respect that they don't have some kind of underlying pain. A a young dog, as, as young as sort of four, five, six weeks, however old they might be, they can experience pain just like we can. So don't assume just because they're young and they appear healthy that it's not pain related. So that's what I'd want to rule out first. So pain is the first one. And then I'd be thinking about have we met their basic physiological needs? So is there water in the water bowl? Have they had enough to eat? Have they been out to the toilet recently? Are they a double pooer? (laughs) Do they need to go out twice? Have they done a wee as well? Have they had enough sleep? All of those basic things that we need to meet. um, They're not just for a young dog, they're for older dogs as well. And then there's the emotional needs. So is my dog actually feeling a little bit worried? Are they feeling unsettled? Have I got guests in the house that aren't normally there? Has the dog gone 10 times and woken them up from sleep 10 times in a row? Did they have a bit of rough and tumble play with another dog in the park this morning that they didn't really enjoy? Is there something that's happened? Have they recently had an operation and maybe they're not in pain anymore but their stress hormone is still quite high in their body and it's just making them feel a little bit unsettled. From there I'd be thinking about it's linked to emotional definitely but it's the situation that your dog is in so have you taken your dog I don't know to um, to stay at a cottage maybe for a holiday or to stay at someone else's house and they're in a totally new environment that maybe they haven't been properly prepared for. You might have a very very chilled relaxed dog that you could take anywhere. That's fantastic. Most dogs need a little bit of training to be able to manage in new situations. So prime example: taking your dog to their first puppy class <laughs> or their first training class. That's a lot of stimulation. You have other dogs. You have people. You have new place new smells sight sounds that's a lot going on for a dog and then on top of all of that you're asking them to perform <laughs> can you do this skill can you do that skill just remember that actually being able to manage those excitement or anxious type feelings is a skill in itself and that's something that we need to nurture for our dogs as well so situation is another really important one linked again to that is are they seeking comfort So the term that often gets thrown around is attention seeking. My dog is demanding. My dog is attention seeking. And those are exactly the kind of words that get thrown around in psychiatric settings as well. Speaking as a human psychologist, this patient is demanding. He's constantly asking for things. This patient is um, attention seeking. He's doing X, Y, Z to get the attention. Well, Those are pretty nasty sounding terms, I think. I like to think of it more as seeking comfort, seeking care. Something's not right, either emotionally or physically or situationally. And so I'm vocalising to try and get you to make me feel better. Um, And that's where... I would go in and comfort that dog. If my dog appears distressed, I'm not going to ignore them. (laughs) I'm not going to let my dog think, oh, when I feel bad and I try and let my mum or dad know I feel bad, they ignore me. That's not the kind of relationship that I'm looking to build with my dog. I want them to know that they can seek comfort from me and also that when I notice that they're seeking comfort a lot, in a certain situation that maybe I don't need to put them in that situation right now I need to take them out of that situation and then I need to think about what training I need to put in place to make them a little make it a little bit easier for them to cope in that situation so last couple is maybe asking for what you have so again <laughs> that sounds a little bit like demand barking people might say so maybe you have taken some treats out with you and your dog does not think you have rewarded them quick enough and I have a dog that can be a little bit like this at the moment anyway and um, and so they bark at you or they whine or cry at you because they're like hey I want my treat your hands in the treat pouch give it to me <laughs> again that dog just needs a little bit of help and a little bit of guidance to be able to control their impulses so that they understand that just being because you want it right this second doesn't always mean you get it right this second and it's not about saying no you wait no 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 it's actually about doing some training games that mean that that dog is able to feel comfortable in waiting so rather than us telling them off and telling them to wait they just wait themselves that's the kind of thing that we're looking for Second to last, excitement. <laughs> so that's a positive one, you might think. So your dog gets really excited when you get the tennis ball out or when they get to the park and you maybe you're driving up to the entrance of the park and they're bark, 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 scream, 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 scream. Now, that is a dog that is excited, yes, but I would say that's teetering over into stress. And you may have heard me speak before about that really fine line between stress and excitement. Actually, for most dogs, it is fine, and it's very easy to flip between those two states. Um, kind of similar to us. I always use that roller coaster emotion, uh, roller coaster emotion, roller coaster example when thinking about those two emotions. So you get on the roller coaster, you're really excited. The brakes come off, it starts moving. That maybe moves into a bit of anxiety and a bit of fear. You go down the first drop, you're terrified, and then as you come up again, you're excited. And you go through all these emotions, and then when you get off, you're like, "That was great. I want to do it again." Or "I'm never getting on that ever again." again <laughs> so those that flip between excitement um, and anxiety is a really really real thing and then lastly just think a little bit about genetics so certain breeds are more vocal and that has been bred into them so you're thinking about your snow dogs your huskies um dalmatians can be quite vocal sometimes um your sausage dogs can be quite vocal and there's reasons why those do- dogs have been bred to have those kinds of skills so i've got a pyrenean mountain dog um she would want to guard that's her natural instinct and guarding for her sounds like woof 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 woof, woof. <laughs> so there's lots of things and lots of reasons why your dog could be vocalising. What I want to think a little bit more about today is not alert barking or whining, so not responding to things in the environment like sounds and sights, but more a dog that's just whining or barking or crying in the house a little bit more without having that external stimulation. So that's kind of the focus of this episode. And what it comes down to is it's really your job To decide where your dog is on that anxiety excitement scale so where people often go wrong is they see the behavior so they see the barking or the whining or the crying and they want to fix it at that point now the most important thing to understand here as we've just been saying is that that behavior that barking whining crying that's not the issue the issue is the trigger and the emotional response that comes before it so in one of our examples your dog really really needs the toilet they feel really uncomfortable they know they're not allowed to go to the toilet in the house so they're trying to find a way to communicate to you that they need to go outside so you can, and really like pacing around whining maybe even barking for some dogs and that is really really important to remember that that actually they're giving you a set of cues and they're saying to you actually i really really need something right now so we've got to take it back a step or two what was the trigger the trigger was needing the toilet <laughs> the emotional response was distress because they weren't able to go the behavioral response was barking whining or crying okay so what do I need to do I need to make sure I take my dog out to the toilet regularly if they're a little dog or if they've got some physical health problems or if they're an older dog or whatever it might be and then maybe I need to teach my dog a cue so actually rather than whining if I don't like the whining and barking I might teach them to ring the bell to go out to the toilet or I might teach them to come and rest their head on me to come to the toilet so it's about thinking what things can you put in place before you get the behavior that you don't want the barking for example another really really good example is thinking about okay so if my dog gets super excited when I am driving up to the park (laughs) and that's the trigger they know the surface of the road they're looking out the window they know what the road looks like they know where they're going Rather than letting them bark, bark, bark for the first five minutes, I would actually drive up to the point before the barking starts. Maybe we get out, we'd have a little sniff around and then we just go home. So what's starting to happen is it's not becoming a predictor that when we drive down this road, we always go to the park actually sometimes we get out we have a sniff sometimes we don't sometimes I might just feed you a few little treats for being a nice little quiet dog in the back and then we're going to go home so that way it becomes less arousing less exciting and for me personally I don't want to get to the park with my dog in such a hyper aroused state because that's not conducive to good interactions with other dogs that's not conducive to them being able to listen to me and to be able to do good recall because their mind is already gone (laughs) the lights are on but there is no one home so that's just something to think about as well just where can you step in what is it that's triggering it what's the emotional response that's coming from that and then the behavior the barking whining crying that's actually not the point that we want to go in at at all that's the bit that might annoy us the most <laughs> but it's not the point that we actually want to work on the way I often like to think about it is if I had a problem with my car say my car was making a rattling noise and I took it to the mechanic and I said my car's making a rattling noise can you please fix it now the mechanic would probably say to me okay so when is it making the noise is it when you're stationary is it when you're driving is it when you're changing gear and I would say oh I can't tell you that and they'd be like right (laughs) and then they'd say okay so how long has it been going on for and I said oh I can't tell you that either okay um all right well I'm just gonna look um look under the bonnet oh no you can't look under the bonnet I just need you to fix it they would look at me like I was mad and probably ask me to go somewhere else (laughs) so it's thinking about you're not you're not going in at the point of the barking you're thinking about all of those things that precede that okay so we want to think about identifying that trigger finding where our dog is on that sliding scale so you can literally draw yourself out a scale and at one end you want to put fear at the other end you want to put joy (laughs) over excitement is what we're looking for so fear at one end over excitement at the other end and then where I'd like my dog to be is somewhere in the middle so generally feeling relaxed Maybe sometimes a little bit anxious because we are all mammals and that is normal and healthy and natural, but being able to bounce back from anxiety back into that middle zone exactly the same with excitement i love my dog to be excited and full of joy sometimes but i don't want them to go from the middle right up to that top bit and not be able to bring themselves back down so it's just thinking about how you can manage them on that nice middle section of that scale and there's lots and lots of ways of thinking about this but for me i really like to think of it as calmness and being able to be calm as a real skill so thinking about adding into your dog's daily training routine just practicing a little bit of calmness perfect example of this something we're talking about in canine connection the other day and that was i was doing some work from home in the morning so i just had a little pot of my dog's kibble up on the table next to me And when they chose to go and lie down and settle, I just say good settle and I pop a little bit of their breakfast between their paws. So that's a really nice, really, really simple, easy thing that you can do with your dog. Doesn't require too much brain power on either of your parts, (laughs) but it's really reinforcing for the dog that actually when they do go and settle and chill out, they get a little reward for that. Another good example, if you are someone that would like to take their dog to a cafe, but currently your dog maybe barks or whines or cries because they're overstimulated or a bit anxious in that situation. All I would do is I'd set up a little cafe scenario. So maybe in your garden, put a couple of chairs and table, get yourself a nice drink (laughs) and sit with your dog on their harness and lead exactly like they would in a cafe. And just before they even have a chance to vocalize, drop a few little bits of food on the ground or maybe give them a stuffed Kong or something that they can chew and get along with. And then before they have chance to get worried, you move away from that situation and then you build it up slowly, you start to work on exactly the same outside. Where we often go wrong is we want to go for a whole two-hour chat with our friend and our dog's like, I can't cope with this. <laughs> what you want to think about actually is, can you set it up in a scenario like I've just said? And then when you do move on to the real thing, can you just go for a couple of minutes, have a super quick drink and then move away? It doesn't need to be that two-hour exposure task that we never ever want to do to our dogs. Okay so the last thing just to think about is controlling your own emotions. So it is ironic that we are really frustrated a lot of the time about the fact that our dogs are seemingly unable to control their emotions. They're barking, whining, crying and we're like oh can you just stop? Well your frustration in that moment is exactly mirroring your dog you are not able to control your emotions in that moment either and that's when we tell them off or we just think oh for goodness sake and our dogs read that and that makes them more anxious so actually what you want to think about is not just keeping your dog below threshold but keeping yourself below threshold if you know this winds you up don't put your dog in those situations where it happens just now work on the training like we've just spoken about get wins for your dog but also get a win for yourself and not only will that keep you below threshold and stop you from maybe acting out a little bit as well but it means you'll progress faster because you'll see the progress and it will make you motivated to carry on and that's what it's all about okay nice to catch up i'll speak to you soon wait 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 hold up if you have a puppy or a young dog and you'd really love to know the secrets to get your training off to the best possible start make sure you come and join me for my free training that's coming up on the 8th of july 2021 had to think about that for a second it's all about how to get started with your training your puppy And I'm going to run you through my five kind and simple steps for puppy training magic. So you'll be able to go away with loads of skills and things that you can do with your puppy straight away to get things off to a great start. So if you would like to join us for that training, all you need to do is click on the link in the show show notes and register. And I look forward to seeing you there. Take care.